Hey everybody, it's Pastor Mark and Pastor Jeremy kicking off our uh, digital Bible study. So happy that you're joining us today. Uh, this segment will be an introduction to the book of Acts. Uh, book of Acts is, uh, I think, a very timely book for our church to be studying right now as it uh, records the, the mission of Jesus Christ uh, given to his followers and uh, a very counter-cultural uh, uh, belief system, uh, the way they called themselves, the following Jesus, uh, and into uh, a world that's very uh, polytheistic and atheistic um, and really just completely uh, new, right? This new message that God would become a man, which is uh, just... I mean, there's no religion in the world that would ever come up with something so crazy as God becoming a human, uh, infinite becoming finite, almighty becoming, again, finite, uh, able to suffer and die. And then, but for the purpose of saving humanity and this incredible message that uh, Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth that everybody knew of and many people saw and heard and witnessed miracles, um, that he actually predicted his death and his resurrection, and then he did it. He, he rose from the dead, signaling uh, he did have the power of God, the, the author of life over death, power over death. And now this is going to change the world. And indeed, that's exactly what happens in the very first century uh, A.D. So Pastor Mark and I just thought that we could kind of just start talking about the book of Acts. We'll develop this a little bit uh, as we go week by week. But we thought uh, he and I could even just kind of talk back and forth about insights that we see about elements that stand out to us uh, in the scripture. And then maybe even over the course of weeks, people can just email us some of the questions you may have or, or some of the insights that you discovered too, or maybe something that sticks out to you that you'd like us to discuss a little bit more. So tune in with us from week to week. And with that, we'll just kind of kind of kick off right now. I even thought that uh, we could even just ask each other some questions back and forth. And it was funny as we started thinking about what we were going to do the Bible study on. One day, Pastor Mark just said, you know what, what about the book of Acts? And I told him, you know what, I was thinking the exact same thing. So was there a reason besides uh, just, I don't know, where maybe our world is at right now that that stood out to you for any reason? Yeah, absolutely. One, just the emphasis on the mission of the church. You know, where you know this the, the book of Acts records the the first century church um, in more detail than we any other source that we have. It's just the complete story, and we'll get into the author and his. He's really a historian. All the research that he did uh, for his gospel and and for this this book, um, to just bring us back to our purpose mm. as a church community today. And I think the other thing that I uh, was thinking about, I, I, I can't quote it, I don't know who said it, but I've, I've heard it said that the church goes through a reformation about every 500 years. Hmm. And so uh, you go back 500 years ago, we just celebrated, of course, the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. The, the, obviously, the, the rediscovery of the gospel. And again, through the technology of Gutenberg's printing press, uh, you know, Martin Luther was able to, and Melanchthon, his crew, uh, they were able to uh, get the gospel out. And I think they out-published uh, the Roman church 
like a hundred to one on, on the pages and leaflets, booklets, books, sermons, uh, uh, Bible commentaries, just hymns. Uh, of course, we learned so much in hymns. Uh, again, just completely, uh, you know, uh, saturating Europe with, uh, with the gospel message. Uh, and you go 500 years before that, uh, 1054 A.D. was the great schism between the Eastern Church and the Western Church. Uh, before that, there was just one church. It was just the church for like a thousand years. And uh, there was a dispute over the Greek-speaking church and the Latin-speaking church over a number of things, some doctrine, but uh, also kind of who was going to be the pope. And so uh, the Greek, the Eastern church said, we're, we're going to go off, we're going to do our own thing, basically. Uh, but that was the very first kind of denomination, or well, more than one denomination. And so uh, that was a huge reformation in the life of our uh, faith. And then uh, 500 years before that, well, maybe 600, uh, you have the, these really important councils of the church that came along and developed things like the Nicene Creed that formulated uh, what is the most important parts of scripture, of, God, of our faith that God's taught us uh, that we need to hold on to. And they all agreed. They're called ecumenical creeds because every single church, every single uh, uh, district or, or ge you know, geographical area of the church uh, all signed on and said, yes, this is exactly what uh, the Christian faith believes and teaches. So that'll back us up then like another 500, 500 years, years or so. And we're in the book of Acts. We literally fall right into where we're at today. And so if you look at dates of this book, you'll traditionally see, uh, we don't have an exact time period, but usually the year 63 is pretty common. Sometimes the year 70 or a little bit after. Uh, a lot of that is determined off what is written in the book or not written about, uh, thinking that the author may have very well had included other things that had not yet come to be if it would have been in a certain time or would not have included certain things that are there. So it kind of narrows it down a little bit. But this is that time period in which we see this great growth within the church and really received this history uh, of about 30 years or so of the beginning of the church. And it's neat to be able to look at because we are able to historically see where the church came from, if you will, or where it has developed to at this point, but also gives us this footwork, as Pastor Mark was saying, up until today, and where we are at is a congregation, or better yet, is a church body together. And so maybe with that, that'd be a good transition to kind of get to the, the author of the book and talk about that uh, a little bit. As Pastor Mark noted, uh, the author here, this is basically his second work, I guess you would call it, and the author is Luke. Yeah, Luke, uh, and a lot of people out there don't know that. The same individual that writes the Gospel of Luke, and if you will, this kind of um, almost bridges this gap between the Gospels into seeing what the church is, and then pushing into the, the letters that we have uh, by Paul to all these different congregations. Uh, so interesting. Anything of note that you could share with us about the, the author? Yeah, so Luke was, a, we know he was a physician. Uh, and uh, uh, what we know from the Gospel of Luke, uh, he, he speaks at the very beginning of Luke, uh, in, in the first chapter about uh, the research that he did. Uh, Luke was a companion of Paul on his missionary journeys. 
uh, came to the faith, obviously, uh, from Jewish background to the Christian faith. And uh, after Mark, the gospel had written, Matthew probably, uh, Luke says, well, I want to I write a very detailed account. And if you look, Luke's the thickest gospel. So mm-hmm. Mark uh, covers basically from the beginning of Jesus' ministry to the resurrection. Matthew picks it up at the birth of Jesus and basically goes to the resurrection. Uh, Luke talks about uh, before his birth, even uh, Zechariah, his, uh, well, John the Baptist, his cousin, uh, gets into that story before Jesus is even uh, announced and then uh, born. And he goes all the way after the resurrection to the day of ascension. And so he covers Jesus' entire life on earth uh, in, in, again, great detail. And you can tell he did a lot of research, again, interviewing probably Mary, Jesus' mom, hmm. to get the details. That's where we know, uh, you know about the no room for him in the inn and uh, the stable, the manger, uh, the angel singing, the uh, you know, shepherds, wise men, everything. Uh, Luke covers it all. Uh, so uh, when he gets to Acts, uh, again, it's probably uh, in the 60s uh, when he writes Acts. Uh, so we've probably got a good 20 to 30 years, the first years of the church. And again, we know he's doing research. So he's talking to Peter and he's getting, what was Peter doing at the very beginning uh, from the day of Pentecost on? And again, he traveled with Paul. And so he's got obviously first, first-hand accounts of, of that information. So it's interesting detail. too how, how Luke, when he, when he writes the very beginning, both of the Gospel of Luke and then a chorus in Acts, you see that he's actually writing to an individual. It isn't just this, this broad uh, to, to the church in Rome or to the church of Galatia. It's an individual that he is directing this to. And it's kind of neat because I think it, as individuals for us, we find our place of receiving this, this letter too. And so this individual that he's writing to is Theophilus that he writes and uh, gives him a very nice greeting uh, in the beginning. Uh, but it's interesting for us to think about, so why is that? Why does he have this one individual that he's writing this, this letter to instead of a, a big group of, of people? What would be your take on that, Pastor Mark? Well, I think the conventional thought is that uh, Theophilus would, was a uh, patron, uh, if you will, the, to help Luke in his ministry and also, again, you know, traveling to do interviews and uh, things like that. And Theophilus was, uh, we're fairly sure, certainly he was a person of, of means um, and someone who was very interested in this new faith that had sprung up in his land and uh, wanted to get the facts. He's like, just the facts. So uh, he found somebody within the movement, uh, Luke. I don't, we don't know how they met or knew each other. Hmm. Maybe lifelong friends, I don't know. Uh, but trusted Luke as a physician, as an intelligent man, a man of reason, and uh, said, what is this amazing story? What's to this? You know, is this real? So is it traditional then that the office seemed like he even funded or helped back this and kind of was like, if you will, this, this publisher of yeah. this, of this work. Yeah. And it wasn't, sure. it doesn't seem like it is just for him as an individual though. Maybe, maybe that was the intent of being able to uh, back this and be able to move it forward. But I think he obviously wanted it not just for himself, but to be able to share with others like even us today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it is such a great, 
but well, Luke and Acts, parts one and two of his accounts, are so uh, so enriching. I mean, obviously the early church uh, recognized right away, wow, this is valuable. This is amazing stuff here. We've got quotes from Jesus, his own words. We've got eyewitness accounts of what he did. And then later, of course, what the church is doing in the first century. And like many of the letters, like you, you know, Paul wrote to Rome, he wrote to Colossae. And, but the other churches you know, would circulate these letters. Hey, this is really good stuff. Yeah, you, know, you need yeah, to read this. Yeah. Like uh, occasionally someone will forward us an email of, sure. of an inspirational song or devotion or something. Hey, pass, check this out. This is really good. And so Luke and Acts, obviously, were at the very top of those emails that were pe- people were forwarding uh, to each other back in the first century. And I was even looking this morning uh, just a little bit about like the story of Theophilus and who he was and seeing if I can catch any insight there. One of the things that actually stood out to me was the, the meaning of his name, uh, the one who loves God. And I thought that was so cool that, you know, he's this individual who has such a passion, even in his name, of the one who loves God, that he wants to do anything he can, especially after, if you will, what has just occurred fairly recently with the resurrection, to be able to throw away any of the you know, falsities that are out there about what happened to Christ or who this individual was uh, or speculation that was out there and be able to take this passion that he had and really spread it to so many different individuals. I mean, how neat is this today in this day and age that we think about this, that we're looking at this now, thousands of years later of a guy who was, I mean, think about how limited they were in the scope of technology or being able to actually get the word out. And we look at where we're at today as a church and think of maybe some of the limitations that we're experiencing in our current predicament. Uh, man, we have nothing to complain uh, about. Yeah. We have so many things at our disposal now. Think about what this individual did because he loved the gospel. And maybe there's a challenge in that too, not just for us as a church body, but as an individual, as one who loves God or one who loves God, what are we doing to be able to further that gospel message, you know, as, as the Lord's church? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. The lover of God. Yep. Being a good steward. Yeah, yeah. Good. What else? Anything in the book that, that really stands out to you? Uh, I, I was even thinking of kind of like a theme. What, what is it, was the overall, you discussed it a little bit at the beginning, but what would you say is like kind of like the real overall theme? It's what we got, 28 chapters that we look at in this, this book. So a lot of material, but what is this kind of big theme that is, that is there for our people today? So I think uh, I would talk about it kind of really in terms of the title of the book. Obviously in our Bibles, it says Acts. Uh, you got a, a King James Bible, maybe it might say the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah, yeah. And that's a... a how it might be referred to a lot of times, uh, turn to the Acts of the Apostles. And I would, uh, not to be uh, uh, contrarian or anything uh, with the common uh, use of the title, but um, you know, I would suggest that maybe a better title for this book, if you really want to know uh, what Luke is, the story Luke's trying to tell. You know, while some apostles uh, do appear, come and go in the story, um, the one actor throughout the whole book and its center is, is Jesus hmm. and the Spirit. Uh, so I think the title probably should be the Acts of Jesus, and the Acts of the Spirit, as they work through people, but to begin to expand and get the message out about 
the gospel, about Jesus' death and resurrection. I like what you said there about like the Spirit. And that's something that maybe I think about like the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if I were to say that we were guilty of denying one more time over another, we talk about Christ a lot, especially within the Lutheran Church. Uh, we talk about God, our Father. We say that in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we talk about Him being our Creator. But the Holy Spirit, sometimes, I think we kind of, uh, I don't know, we, we don't seem to discuss. When Pentecost season comes around, that gets highlighted. But it's amazing how much the Spirit is actually discussed in the book of Acts and the role that this member of the Trinity, sometimes maybe more of a, a soft-spoken member, actually plays within the life of the church. Uh, I think that's one of the verses, actually, that stood out to me the most as I kind of flipped through things was uh, the very beginning, Acts 1, 8, really talking about kind of the purpose of the Spirit in our lives and the purpose we have. Actually, we haven't even read a verse. Let's read out, that one first. Out. Yeah, let's at least look at one today. Uh, and again, one of the things I love about this is if you look at your Bible as mine has, uh, it, if it's red-lettered in here, which this verse is, we see the words of Christ that are there. And that's what's there. Again, Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I just love the progression that's there. First of all, as you mentioned, Christ, this main uh, component of this work and of course all these other works yeah, he but is the actor yeah right? so the holy spirit it's act yeah the actions of yes. the holy spirit yes that's a great way to be able to yeah. put it this director almost if you will in some in some way but being able to again pass that responsibility but also privilege on to us as the the church for you will do this you know i have been here through this earthly ministry I've shared this with you. Uh, Christ has died. He has risen again. And he doesn't just stick around. You know, he could have just, could have just stayed on earth as this risen Christ and continued that ministry. But he entrusts this unto us. And I mean, that's so great. And we've seen the, the book being kicked off like that because it really sets the stage, if you will, for finding, again, ourselves in this work and what this means for us today. Absolutely. I think of the, uh, so the theme uh, the acts of the Holy Spirit, the actions of God through people spreading the gospel. And, that, and just a quick, remember, uh, outline of the whole Bible. Um, if you start with uh, Genesis 1.1, uh, God creates the heavens and the earth. So it's kind of like, it's everything. you got the whole universe. Hmm. And as you move through the Old Testament, you get down to uh, one group of people that God chooses in Exodus to come out of bondage, gives them a promised land, and from then a family, and from that family a, a lineage, and through that lineage, you know, you get Mary and Joseph who give birth to Jesus. So it's kind of like the, we're all kind of before Christ is born, God is working all things out, uh, all the world history, to bring about the perfect time for him to send the Messiah, the Savior. And Jesus is here, so we got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels tell us what Jesus did, what he said, and obviously his death and resurrection. And then beginning with the book of Acts, now this message that began in this one family, in this one tribe of Israel in Judea, begins to go back out into the world to tell everyone 
what God has done for humanity. Hmm. And so this is the very beginning of that curve out into the world. And that's really what we see in this book is like the spreading of the gospel, maybe in a, in a couple different ways. You see it in the words that are mentioned here, like uh, geographically, that it, it kind of goes beyond these borders. You see these different places that are, that are mentioned here, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And it kind of, uh, uh, there's this bigger scope that's there. That would almost be like for us saying, you know, uh, here in, in Scottsdale and then to uh, Arizona and then to the United States and then to the rest of the world, that there's this grouping of pushing this out. And also not only spreading geographically, but Acts really is where the gospel starts to spread among the, the people as well. As you mentioned, it, it opens up, right? It's not just this chosen group or these, these Jews anymore, but these Gentiles and just everyone. You know, this message is for, for all people. And we really see that gospel that that angel first announces uh, thrown throughout this book then and carried on in the exact same way. Yeah, it's exciting. Like I said, so uh, one of the reasons I think it's a great book for our church to study right now, obviously, uh, we're a continuation of this book. We're mm -hmm. in that verse right there, to the ends of the earth. Here we are on the opposite end of the earth where Luke was writing these words uh, 2,000 years after he wrote these words, uh, still proclaiming the gospel. And again, just that whole, uh, that uh, who knows, but that 500-year kind of reformation through the church. And here we are. Uh, it's been 500 years, and we're recording this in April of 2020. Uh, the coronavirus is every minute of every news cycle. Yeah. Uh, people are staying at home. Uh, wondering what's going on. We're not worshiping together on campus in, in church building, in, nowhere in the country. Um, uh, online worship is, is basically the only connection people are getting right now to the gospel. And uh, we've had this technology for a generation or two. The church has uh, even used it for maybe the last generation, but uh, it's just always been kind of an add-on, a, uh, well, that's kind of a nice thing uh, on the side. Uh, but now it's been forced to be the main medium uh, for us to, to sh communicate, to share the gospel, and really for you to connect back with us. So, uh, you know, what's going to happen, you know, from this, we can't say for sure. I don't think Martin Luther knew. I don't think he knew when he was nailing the theses to the wall, this is going to explode, yeah. man. The yeah. whole world's going to change. Uh, he, maybe he thought it could have happened, and maybe he thought oh, maybe nothing will come of this. Well, even so when we this is here. even when this work is penned, right? I mean, does does Luke really know the impact that this one individual piece uh, is going to be able to have on the world and sharing who Christ is? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's an exciting time to live in, and exciting time to yeah see where God's taken us. So over the next few weeks, then, we'll just take time to be able to kind of work through this, probably just start at the, at the beginning and really try to break it down. Uh, any last insights that you have before we wrap up for today? That's good. Uh, I do want to invite you to email us with your questions. Do we want to make it as interactive as we can? And again, this is the, we're kind of limited to our mediums of communication right now. So do, do reach out to us with your comments, questions. And uh, if Ron's listening, uh, even your smart aleck remarks are welcome. So. <laughs> no last name, just Ron. You yeah, know who no, you are. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. 
<laughs> All right, with that, again, thank you for joining us uh, today. Pastor Mark and I hope to have a, a lot of fun in this uh, with you and be able to just learn more, be able to grow more, and become what God really has intended for his church in this day and age and from the beginning of time. And with that, uh, God's blessings to you and to your family today, and we'll see you again soon. Yeah, amen.